welcome to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White. I'm, hang on a minute, I'm going to say something. Uh, listen, this is an experimental show. I'm worried that uh, some of you might not know that. You might think, oh, I'm getting medicine. But, oh, it's just in the experimental stages. I just want to make that clear. Or you're in the placebo group. So, all right. That's it. I just wanted to let you know that before we go uh, back to it. This is Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White. Please enjoy the show. Well, if nobody else is going to talk about dog hair rope, I suppose I will. Oh, nowadays things are changing so much. People are well-meaning, like in the grocery store. Have you seen this? In the grocery stores now, they have the vegetables and all right next to these hardware items. So they'll have like bins of nails and screws and everything uh, right next to the fruit. And I was in there to get some hazelnuts and I accidentally got some hex nuts. And gosh, I almost broke a tooth like Congressman Dennis Kucinich, who ran for president, and then he broke a tooth in the congressional cafeteria. And so he sued the cafeteria. But all the congressmen, they have those brittle, frail little teeth that are always coming apart. They'll be giving speeches. And as they're giving a speech, they'll spit out these broken pieces of, of teeth that are just crumbling out of their mouth. Oh, it's like a nightmare. My goodness, who would want to be a lawmaker. I don't know. Not I. Oh my goodness, I'm here instead as a radio presenter. Have you seen this? They've got, have you been to the radio? They have these things now where they've, it'll implant in your ear. So it's like a earbud, but it's a totally different brain or it's somebody else or it's an earwig, but it's a very brilliant one and gets right in there. What are you listening to? Somebody is eavesdropping on you. What are they listening to on the radio? Oh, these talking heads. We don't even know it's a head. It's a radio. That's from TV. Talking what? What is it? Sound waves. Who is that? Well, you know, the worst thing to hear from somebody who's listening to someone speak on the radio is, hey, you ought to listen to this guy. He makes a lot of sense. Oh, <gasps> that's a red flag. If somebody says that, oh, I've been listening to this person, it make, you know, makes a lot of sense. That's a bad reaction. That means maybe you're not learning anything. How do you figure that, Hardy? Well, listen to this. So let's say I'm telling you about something, like an event. So I went to Dougie's Bar Mitzvah. Oh, how was that? Oh, it was very nice. What was it? It was a steampunk theme. Isn't that crazy? But all they all had leather keepers and everything, and everybody had a monocle or a little eyepiece or something. It was fun. I thought it was fun. And so I'm telling you that, and uh, you wouldn't say to me, well, that makes a lot of sense, because that's not the reaction you'd have. And you go, okay, that's what you saw. Those are the facts as you know them. If, if you're saying that something makes sense, then I've drawn a conclusion. Oh, step over here to the dry board with me. What's the dry board? It's a bunch of old people sitting around a table talking about our organization. Oh, my goodness. The dry board of directors. It's not just a pun. It's a way of life here. We have everything we run by them. So step in the office with you. I want to show you something. I want to show you a diagram of what happens when we draw a conclusion from something. Now, uh, this happens all the time. Let's say you see something, a little slice of life. What's a slice of life? Well, I won't go into the physics of it, of time and everything like that, but it's like a slice of pizza, except it doesn't have as much ground meat. I don't know how what you put on your pizza. People put all sorts of things. Have you seen this? Have you seen now they're putting on pizza tobacco? Have it <laughs> Who wants tobacco on their pizza? I'm trying to get, what are you doing, Hardy? Because I've noticed there's something different about the way you're talking. Well, I've been listening to a lot of 80s observational stand-up humor. And I was thinking, wouldn't it it'd be great if the observations were not real? Because I think they're relying a lot on collective experience. 
And my gosh, my audience is diverse. So I'm, what I'm doing is I'm sort of selecting absurd situations and, and then saying to them, isn't that always the way? And they'll go, no. That would be my favorite entertainment kind of thing as a kid. Is a really, I love the kind of really stupid people that go, you know, does this go in my nose? And you go, no. Because it's wonderful as a kid, you feel empowered. You go, well, I know that much. It's nice to feel a little smarter than somebody. Oh, my God, that person's an adult, and they don't know not to pour water on their head. So I love, I love that. I think kids would take it too far and start to bully Mr. Noodle. You know, Mr. Noodle's stupid, you know. But I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't, you know. Maybe they would get him to, you know, just tell him what to do and how to be helpful. At some point, the children would go like, Mr. Mr. Noodle's got to learn to make decisions on his own and not ask. Or whatever. Same thing with Steve Blue's Clues, you know. I, I would say, I'd watch that show for two seconds. This is just me as an adult. And i go, Steve, you figure it out. Bless you, but you don't need my help all the time. You don't have to check everything. Just go ahead and do it. I've met children like that. You know, is this it? Is this a clue? I don't know, man. Why don't you, you think of, you decide. I'm going to stand here and watch you play. Children do that. Hardy, play tea party with me. I will. I'll sit here and I'm going to watch you play tea party. Well, don't, well, interact. Well, this is what I would do at a regular tea party. Is sit here and mind my business. I don't know how many people are here. Uh, what are we pretending? First of all, what am I getting into? Is it just the two of us? Where are we? Like Russian Tea Room or something? Little mini, I, my dinner with Andre Jr. That'd be really nice. I would they may used to make little kid versions of, of adult films, and they don't do it as much anymore. Um, but... Like Bugsy Malone or something. Is that one, you know, a little kid gangster movie? I'd, I'd go for little kids, my dinner with Andre or anything, really. Just all kids. No, that's not true. I have an album, and it's called, like, oh, this is horrible. I don't want to think. It's called, like, Kids Sing Grown-Up Songs. And I don't know whether that was amusing to people in the 60s, but it's it just sounds horrifying to me. A little nightmarish. I love nightmares. I don't like being in them, but I like the idea of them. What is scary? What is chasing me? Why, do I want, why don't I want to turn around and have my face eaten off? What is it about? Is it losing my face that's the problem? Is it the pain? Is it the gore? Speaking of which, when I was, I was in the future and I was telling the robot masters that controlled time and space that were sending some stuff back, no one's going to believe the name Al Gore. Right, that's like a little on the nose. It's like, yeah, we're going to send Al Gore, his name would be A.I. Gore. And I go, no, come on. Something more subtle. Not Al Gore. People go Al Gore rhythm, and they go, yeah. I'm like, oh, come on. Man, robots are corny. So when they sent uh, him back, because I think I thought there was something up with that guy. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but it turns out I was wrong. Because nobody really caught on, I don't think. Same, a lot of people have been sent from the future. Like who? This guy makes a lot of sense. Right? Doesn't, don't I? No, I wouldn't do that to you. I'm against sense. It's hard to say. I'm, sometimes I'm upset that that's my slogan. Because people, people say, Hardy, what are you for? I go, I don't know what I'm for, but I'm against hemp. What? A hemp? no. I said, I'm against sense. And there's a lot, you know, I don't know. So uh, sense adverse, that's hard to get out too. The human mouth, I'm no bust a rhyme. I can't, blah, 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 blah. I can't even do that. I fantasize about that, speaking really quickly. I already speak too quickly. Young people speak too quickly for me. I go, well, well listen, I'm, my hearing is uh, waning. And also, speak so rapidly, all that rapid-fire stuff. They'll say, like, Hardy, uh, would you like something to eat? And I'm like, what? Slow down, friend. I do. Uh, do I speak? I've, my thoughts are going quickly, I think. But my words 
I've learned to take a, a little pause. I learned that. Say, so why don't you pause and think before you speak? That lesson, it took a long time for me to get that one. But I'm, I think that now, that's why I don't always make witty, timely comments at parties and everything. You'll be talking about something and I'll think, I'm going to say this. And they go, are you though, Hardy? Why? And then, the, thank God, the conversation moves on. So I don't say half the things I think of. And uh, are you just trying to get a laugh? Yes, I am. That's it. Otherwise, there's no reason to speak, really. No one's asked me anything. And I do. If they, if they ask me something, I've, I answer it. I'm not truthfully, but, I mean, gosh, it's rude not to. You say not truthfully. You you a liar? I'm the, no, I'm the philosophy department kind of liar. Like, I just, I'm just uncertain of the truth of what I'm saying. I'm not obfuscated. I, as far as I know, I just can't be sure. I'm so sorry. I know there's a congressman now who's like he's saying, he's like, I'm from another planet, or I invented toast. But I can't, I don't lie like that. I will say, um, Hardy, are you happy? And I'll go, yes. <sighs> I'm sorry, am I? Yes. And then immediately I'm thinking, well, maybe I'm not. Or um, Sometimes it's really bad. Like, Hardy, did you, did you run over an old lady on the way here? And you go, oh, God, could I have? But that might not, I, you know, that's not something you want to brain-wise try to banish that. I'm pretty sure I didn't. But that's why I like to not to not drive, one. And it's not that I'm not aware. I just, I worry, I guess, about stuff. And uh, you shouldn't. You should relax. I want you to relax now. I want you to see this as a relaxation tape. When I go to sleep, I listen to these um, things, these tapes. They're not tapes. The YouTube videos. Which ones? The workout ones. I like to go to sleep to people, you know, Beep. Go exercise now. And then you do squats to dubstep. And I love that puts me right to sleep to watch people do that. Sometimes I like to watch vintage ones. I have old jazzercise VHSs I get out. It just lulls me to see. I'll wake up and I'll see those tights uh, and the combination of wearing like kind of hot pink and a kind of melon honeydew color. Oh, it just puts me right to, back to sleep again, watching them jazzercise. What are, we don't think enough about these wonderful kind of hybrid genres that, they, that our American culture has created. It's like your jazz. What could we put with jazz or size? We could, it could be jazz and exercise. It could, be, uh, could have been anything. Jazzookery would be like a cooking with jazz. Anything you can think of. Any movement can be jazzed up, as we used to say. Put jazz to it. I don't know how much jazz was going on in jazzercise, though. I wonder about that. You go, oh, what was that? What are they? They're doing. They're squatting to Clifford Brown. No, they're not. So uh, I was gonna do. So the rest of the show, I'm just gonna talk about what I think is, is real jazz and what I think is is kind of is whack and not real. Now I don't think I'll do that. You know, this guy's making a lot of sense, is he? What, what is sense and how do you make it? I can give you a recipe for it. You know, I've done, I used to do an experiment on the uh, radio, but I've lost a lot of listeners for it. And that is you start giving people instructions like steps. You don't tell them what it's for and they'll start doing them. It's like people getting in a line. You know, we're kind of conditioned. You know, all right, now hold your right hand up. Someone will do it. Some people will imagine doing it. But, um, and then if it doesn't have a conclusion, like you forget to tell them to put it down or anything, it gets weird to go, what, what now, Hardy? So therefore, you should never uh, give anything to the voice you're listening to as far as any kind of unconscious obedience. Never, uh, just don't obey. No, that's terrible. You have to do that. I'm sorry. Listen to your teachers, kids, unless they're monsters. That's why I don't like to give any flat advice like that you know and that's problematic to people when you go yes honor your your parents what does that even mean what does that mean 
I think it means, the only thing it means, I think, explicitly is to give them some sort of tribute dinner. Because everything else is like, well, what if they're horrible or something like that? Well, you say, well, why would you give them a tribute dinner? Well, those things are kind of neutral. People resent them anyway. So, um, but, you know, I don't know what, it's hard. You know, things are nuanced. On different parents' day, people go, well, no, this, this hits different for me. I had a different experience. So one size doesn't really fit all, unless you put all in quotations. And all is usually in quotations. One size fits all. All you can eat. Right? All spice. <laughs> it's not all spice. One spice. But, uh, were oh my goodness words have you seen this in the grocery store they've got things there's almost no observational this grocery store has been picked over as far as observational humor same with the airlines you know you go into the airlines in your head to do some observational humor and you go god it's like uh comedians of, of past and present have descended here like vultures or hyenas or something and picking at the flesh of all the the minutiae of the experience of this collective experience that's what they do they hit collective experience like it's a trash heap and they pick through it and they're looking for something oh make a joke about so-and-so i was uh watching some 80s stand-up routine the other day and he was talking about a movie i won't even say which movie because then you'll know what comedian and everything i don't want to bash anybody i didn't laugh because i'd never seen the movie it was like a bad movie, and it's a bad movie. This movie's so bad. I mean, list all these things that don't make sense. That sounds terrible. I haven't seen the movie, so you could just be making it up. I really don't know. Also, that's not you know that's a that's kind of low hanging fruit. Make 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 fun of some uh, linguist or something. Um, that'd be funny. No, that may be over people's heads. Not over people's heads. That's not. I, I hate when people say things like that. That joke went over everyone's head. It didn't go over, necessarily. It could have crawled right under him. I felt something, like, under my butt, like it was like a hose. That was Hardy's joke. Oh, it kind of slithered by. Yep, it went right under you. And I'm sorry. Oh, a lot of what you say goes past me. Yes, I know. Not over my head, really. Yes. Because you're an intellectual midget compared to me. Oh, don't say that word. It's not, I meant like, well, uh, HO scale train intellectually. All right. I'm sorry. Well, that's okay, man. Well, I didn't mean to put you down. No, no, no. Stature's not, I know. I know. I know your heart. I love you. I make mistakes all the time. Sometimes I make huge ones. I when it said, Someone said, don't press that button. It'll result in the destruction of lots of people. And Oh, you know, when people say don't. I don't know if I've done anything. I'm trying not to do anything overtly harmful. But the good thing about life is that even if you, you will, be, you'll be punished regardless. So that's, uh, that's nice to know. But, you know, you have your conscience to worry about. So there you go. Do the right thing. There's no reward. Sometimes things go the opposite for you, and that's okay, too. It's not okay. It's not. It's awful. What are we going to do? What are we going to do about it? Oh, I wish. It's so annoying to sometimes stay. You can be aggressively joyful. That's what I think I would do if I was in a really bad situation or something. If I knew I was going to perish or something like that, my last act of aggression would be a sort of relentless cheeriness. And they wouldn't understand that. I think it would be irritating to the cruel. You're not, my cruelty is having no effect. I'm sorry. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. I tried to, I'll, let me try to cry. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's stupid, too. Oh, I have no, I'm looking around for my advice. And I looked at the dry board. They've all fallen asleep. All the old people around the table. And now they're drooling. They're drooling on watercolor stock kind of paper, though. And I take it, and all the drool blots, I stain it, and I make it into art. And so a board, an uh, old board, 
has drooled and made something beautiful, something creative has come running out of their mouth as they sleep, like a sort of uh, oozy nightmare, like a congressman's teeth. And that's what I, that's the title of this show, is Against Sense. Oh, you thought it was going to be Congressman's Teeth. Oh, that's better. That's more like a band name. Everything's a band name. The whole world's been absorbed into it. What's the ultimate man? Yes. You know what my band, the ultimate band name is the sum total of everything that has been said in your life. Isn't that great? And then you represent it as just a bunch of squiggly lines, like it's a death metal logo or something. But the actual word is the, the pronouncing of everything that you've ever uttered, all utterances. What an idea. This guy makes a lot of sense. Kind of listen to this guy makes a lot of sense. I have been looking for a voice on the radio to tell me to make sense of this all, this mad world. Oh, things happen. I read the news. I pick up that newspaper and it says that these grocery stores, they've got hardware there mixed among the fruits and vegetables, and I don't even know what to believe anymore. What if I bite into a hammer thinking it's one of those English cucumbers, the ones that are so precious that they must be individually shrink-wrapped, like they're gourmet weed, and I bring them home. What is this horrifying shape? And you go, oh, that is your food allotment. Make something out of it, Hardy. Take that and make something. That's what I try to do. You bring me some scraps, and I will make them into something. And then I'll probably throw it away before you be able to check back and see what it was. But I'll tell you something. What the feeling it gave me was joy. Much like these radio shows for you, they might do it. See, I was struggling with a lot of philosophical things, what to make about life. And this guy comes on, and he starts making sense of it for me. He says, did you ever consider this? You know, and then he says something insane. And I think, God, no. I never did consider that. Because I always thought that was just demonstrably wrong. I go, well, why don't you think about it for a while? And it will infiltrate your world and your worldview. And then it will start to sort of make a sort of weird sense. And I think, I am creating my own reality, just like they tell me on the ad- advertisements for things I don't need. They're right. You absolutely can control your world. Oh, I can make all sorts of things. I can create needs I didn't know I had. I can create wants and desires out of almost thin air. And then all of a sudden, I'll be flipping through a catalog or looking online, and there's the thing I, I need. I didn't know I needed it. And then I press buy. Buy! I think, do I have to send any money? Money's fine. We got the money. All right. Just press it. Press It'll be there soon. Oh, good. And then what? And then you put it, there's a hole that's shaped like this object. All right. Well, that's, that's weird because it's a, it's, a, it's a packet of stuff that solidifies cooking oil. All right. Well, still, everything has a hole that's shaped. Put that in there, and then it's, it's done. That is, though, a product that has kept on giving for me. Because there's this stuff you can put in your hot cooking oil. So, you know, you, let's say you deep fry. Somebody talks you into deep frying something. And they go, you know, what's for dinner? And you go, I would like beignets, latkes, French fries, and uh, scotch egg. You go, oh, that's a lot of oil. So you got all this cooking oil. Well, they've got this stuff you can put in there. And it's pregranium niblopsobs. And it's a chemical. And you uh, put it in the hot oil, and it solidifies into a, a gooey gel that then you can just toss on your neighbor's lawn or something like that. I just chuck it out into the driveway. But um, then you don't have to be, oh, because, you know, I'm looking for a jar. i got to empty out all the pickles. I wanted to eat them, but now I have to empty them out because I've got to put waste oil in something. Not again. Oh, you know, cooking and... Cooking in oil, how did, how did that even start? Can you imagine this? What's this? Can you imagine this? How did the first person who ever cooked in oil say, hey, gloom, gloob? He's a caveman. 
Uh, what do you got there? Ooh, ooh, I've got this stuff that I squeezed out of safflower. Or, um, canola. I found some wild canola. Then what? Then I made a pillow of it. And I put a, ro I put a rock on a rock and I laid my head on it. And when I woke up, I was covered with this slimy substance. Yeah, and so I collected it. I scraped it off my face. And then I, I think, I'll boil it. And put something in it. And then I tasted it, and it was just fantastic. So that's how the first fried food. Thank you very much. Oh, I'm being waved over to sit with Johnny. Hey, Johnny. Oh, fabulous young uh, talent here. Thank you. Thank you. So you say some funny things. You're from... Uh, one of the states, I am from one of the states there, one of the United ones, and uh, thank you, and it's so great to be, that's my dream, not really, I don't want to meet Johnny Carson, could you know, that'd be scary, he's been gone a long time now, I wonder what he looks like, was he buried or cremated, I have to know, because if I got a picture of him, I got to know whether it's a, you know, if it's just ashes, what a beautiful, he could be everywhere. But if it's a, if it's a kind of a, a corpse that's putrefying or desiccating somewhere, then he's probably kind of scully. Again, I don't want to give you nightmares. You give yourself nightmares, really. And it is about not confronting fears, and it's wonderful to explore why you're afraid of things. I'm not afraid of you, Hardy. I just don't like you. Well, you're afraid of liking me, maybe. No. Hmm? I don't know. I'll give you something to be afraid of. No, I would never do that. I don't Oh, just raising my voice. I love to do it just funning around, but it scares my, scares me sometimes. I'll raise my own voice. Sometimes if you have a larger stature, please don't forget this. You know, because people, um, I've had big people yell at me sometimes. They don't know how scary their voice sounds. We do this to children, too. It's like, uh, you know, it's one thing. You better do this. Like that. So I kind of try to yell at children like in a Smurf voice. Because um, when you go, go to your room, that's uh, terrifying. And you don't want to terrify uh, children. They're going to get that anyway. Oh, yes. I don't want to add to it. I'm going to be the, I'm thinking, I'm scared, but I'm thinking of Hardy, and it's giving me strength. That's right. Oh. I'm imagining myself him. <laughs> Don't do that. I would stick with like a superhero or something for those moments, maybe. Give yourself uh, additional powers. I don't know what mine is. I, I couldn't... Who knows? I might have unexplored powers. I know I have some. I use them mainly for... Um, to distract people um, away from noticing me, which I find is a good survival technique. Sort of camouflage. I don't mind that. You know, I used to, I often bemoan not being able to be an individual. You know, if you dress differently, you get people notice you and they give you ridicule and everything. But, you know, the flip side is not being ridiculed is lovely. And I do like to blend in uh, and be not noticed is just fine. You know, because then you're not judged or, you know, also people get, uh, they get, uh, you don't know what's going on in their head, right? So they could see you and they might get challenged somehow by your hat. They might think your hat is some comment on them. That's what I worry about, you know, because people are weird. And then you go, what, you, what do you mean by that hat? Oh, it's just an old-timey top hat. It's kind of, I'm pretending that I'm a Victorian undertaker. Yeah, well, you look like a Monopoly man. Well, no, it's not the same Monopoly man shape, but right, that's the kind of, uh. And then I explain to him, you know, top hats, people used to wear them. Then I talk about the Ice King, this guy, you know, that had the, in the 19th century that kind of cornered the ice market and all these barons, these captains of industry, and he just wandered off and he didn't hurt me. That's why I can bore you. I can bore you away. It's like a force field. They have that on, on Star Trek. I saw that and they go, put up shields. I go, I know what I can use as your shield. Because I've 
I've felt that re the repulsive force of the flipping the magnet. So people go, you have a magnetic personality. People are drawn to you. Well, you might not want people drawn to you. So all you have to do is, like Doctor Who used to say, reverse the polarity, and then magnets become repulsive. And you just become repulsive to people. It's lovely, and they leave you alone. This is also when nature will happen. There's uh, those horrible snakes that pretend they're dead, and they stink, and they flip on their backs, and it's... And you know they're alive, and you're like, oh, I'm dead, though. I go, no, you're not. It was a hognose snake or something. We had them in Florida. And it's, it's embarrassing. But that's a, you know, that's a perfectly good technique. It feels like it was stolen from an old kung fu movie. No, doesn't it? Um, this kung fu master, he, can, he lays down and releases an odor. And he wishes he could be more still. But sometimes it's really, the, he thinks that they're avoiding because they think he's a corpse, but he just smells. So they, they avoid it. Oh, are you putting off a smell? What's the smell? that? Do you want people attracted to it? Like a cinnamon bun? Is that the odor that you want to put off to the world? Or do you want to put off an odor that's a little more like cilantro or maybe a garlicky thing? Something that's a little more challenging? Durian fruit? I don't know what you want to... So I'm not talking about literal smell. Oh, my friend, no. I'm talking about the odor of your, of your demeanor or your personality or something. Light the fuse and flee. This mission seems impossible to me. This is an impossible mission. Roll the dice, check the lock, make a plan. Mission Man, it seems impossible to me. This is an impossible mission. Mission Impossible. Impossible. To me. I've got the men. I've got a plan. was that? Well, I like to write original theme songs to old TV shows. Well, that's not the original theme song. I wrote it, so it's an original. I mean, I do a new theme song for old TV shows. Why? Did they ask for it? No. Why did you do it? I don't know. I don't know why I do it. I do it. Maybe it does it give you a little bit of joy? Because when I do it, I have fun. And then I think, can I transfer this feeling I'm having to others? You know, maybe a little bit of it is in the thing. And so I put the thing forth and say, Are, do you get any kind of joy out of this? And they go, very little bit? And I go, well, that's fine. That's, it's not going to be one-to-one. -one. I might get more out of it than you do. But then I put it out there. Now, I've done a, a lot of these now. Enough that I've got a whole CD that's going to be the premium for the when the marathon rolls around. So you can't buy it in stores or online or anything. You say, well, I'm going to wait to the middle of the night to when the ad comes on for it. And it's like, oh, it's all of Hardy White's original theme songs to original TV shows. You'll get, you know, Gunsmoke. That's the smell of Gunsmoke. That's a good one. I like that. I did Gunsmoke. I did... Um, Petticoat Junction, hoo-hoo, hoo-hoo. I love that one. That's my, I want it. Um, and I can hum my themes to them. You say, well, that's not the original one. It's now it is. So I'm changing history a little for the, for the better. So maybe you'll be amused by that. And I like anything I can give you that's, that's got a little bit of usefulness to it. Did you ever get a gift like that? Oh, an elderly neighbor's got something for you. you. Go, oh, it's exciting. Oh, it's a shoebox. What's in there? It's a coin collection. A coin collection. Holy, holy crap. And then you open it up, and it's just pennies and nickels. And you go, well, there's probably some value ones in there. Okay. But it's still nice, you know. That's its tens of dollars of, and the smell. Interesting odor. 
a box full of coins. I wonder if that'll be made into a fragrance. I'll have to ask Bronwyn whether there's a box full of coins smell. I know there must be. Who wants to smell like that, though? You smell like pennies. Yes, I do. I smell like a big jar of pennies. Mmm. All right. Don't you want to roll around in it? No, I don't, though. Some, uh, some smells I do, and some I don't. Oh, you were just talking about smells. There's other things, sounds. Sounds are obvious because we're in a sound medium right now. Now, I've all, every once in a while, scrolling up on my news and everything, comes up this completely silent room. There's a completely silent room. And they use it, I think they use it primarily for torture. But it also can be used for experiments, for acoustics, and all sorts of things like that. We, you know, they need a soundless environment. But I'm told that you can't survive in there more than a little while or that your, your head will explode or something because this pressure of the sound outside, noises actually keep your head intact. So, for instance, like uh, the, the pressure keeps a balloon from just exploding. Otherwise, the pressure inside would be greater than the pressure outside. And this is the same way with sound. So all sorts of, you know, some people don't have sounds in their head and their head could explode um, in certain surroundings, depending on what the ambient noise is. So you got to be very careful, especially amb any kind of ambient concert where you go, what is this one going to be? So they're going to play sounds that they recorded in a parking lot. And then on top of that, they're going to put all sorts of crinkly things and, all, and beeps. Okay, I'd like that. That actually sounds pretty good. I like to listen and imagine, and I don't always like it, you know, painted precisely for me. I like soundscapes that are confusing a little bit. I like to be able to interpret what I'm hearing. What is that sound? And you see that in fiction a lot. What is that? They didn't know what they heard at first. And then we have to put it on radio or the movies, you know. Imagine if that was a detail in a book, you know. Pip-pop and, and Wiggles listened at the door. They heard a strange sound. What was it? What do you think the sound is, Pip-Pop? I don't know, Wiggles. I don't recognize it. And then it's represented, you know, as a word. What is that sound? Then you could do a couple of things. You could say it sounds like something, because when you're hearing something unfamiliar, you try to think, what's the closest thing it could be? So it sounds like metal scraping on stone. It does sound like maybe somebody is shoveling a sidewalk. So there's your first clue that it's kind of a shirt. And um, I don't know. It turns out it was this, I don't know what it was, some kind of machine that destroys souls. But uh, initially what they thought is, oh, there's some kind of shoveling or anything. Because that's the frequency you hear. Oh, have you ever messed around with a synthesizer like that? Do you have, they have these now. I'm, I'm fascinated with them. You can make really any kind of sound. You can take a waveform and you make it sound like a violin or somebody going, fun. They did all the Doctor Who thing is all knobs. And uh, there's funny. There's no. Is there an album called All Knobs? Because I really believe that that's that describes a lot of music. And uh, I'm am I creating a sort of music for you? When I first heard my dinner with Andre, I didn't know what I was listening to because it was dubbed in another language. And then when I heard it, I realized that there was a musicality to it. That there was a sort of sing-songy nature to the speaking and I began to hear that in other things if there's a lot of words in something you know not all drama has a lot of words you know some people like to just if it's movies sometimes you just maybe convey images if it's a play sometimes people are just walking back and forth on stage or pretending to sweep some light into a smaller thing of light or run around with a bucket and you think that's water that's water oh it's confetti but if they speak words, and they do it in all sorts of theater, and they do it in Shakespeare, they use 
a musicality, a rhythm to it, so that the language has very similar characteristics to music. So that the instruments come in and they come out and sometimes they're there. So if you were listening to piano or solo piano, it might sound a little bit like Hardy White. And you know they've got these videos where somebody's uh, a really good guitar player or, or a musician or something will find the tones in some meme where somebody's going, Oh my goodness, I lost my dog! And they'll go, like that, and they play it on the guitar and everything. And write it on the guitar and everything. They could have done just what I just said. They would do it as jazz. There's that combination again, like jazzercise. That's what I'm saying. That's what I've been saying since the beginning. This guy here makes a lot of sense. I'm making a lot of something. Is it sense or are they sense? Are you smelling or are you reasoning? Because that's what it is a lot of times, is what you think is reason is reaction. So you think, I've come to that conclusion, man, something, and you can see it in our, uh, the way we speak, something's rotten in Denmark. I smell a rat. There's all these uh, comparisons to smelling. Because you know there's a, an odor, this is like uh, synesthesia or something. There's an odor to attitude. Your attitude stinks. You ever heard anybody say that? Um, Hardy, you walked in the room and um, you have an odor. It's wonderful. No, you can't. <laughs> it's usually the negative. You smell like, who smells like cinnamon? That's me. I'm, I'm pretty positive today. I don't literally smell like cinnamon, but... I do, there's some people that, I wonder if there's that kind of, you get around somebody and you go, vanilla. Just, not because of the smell, but just you get a vibe. And the vibe is citrus. A lot of people would be, you know how citrus is. It could be, it's acidic, but it's sweet. And in the, there's something, you need it, but then again, you could probably live without it. It does give some people, you know, dyspepsic problems or acid reflux. Ah, what a logo they have. That's why I followed the band in the first place, is that crazy thing. It just looks like a bunch of sticks thrown on the ground. I wish I had that kind of flair or I could do some kind of graffiti tagging and you go, what does that say? And they go, ah, oh, awesome. You can't tell. Isn't that the, that's, I think that's part of it. Otherwise, the police would be knocking at your door. You know, are you Hardy White? Why? We saw your graffiti. You can't read that. I didn't, I didn't lift the pen. You can't read that. It says Hardy White, clearly. No, it doesn't say it clearly. I did it in very stylized letters that you are not hip enough to know. So I don't, there's no way that you could have, I did not tag that train or plane or I don't know what they no one tags plane no guts no that would be tag, he shouldn't be I don't want people approaching the plane enough to put graffiti on it but then I kind of look cooler and I don't really want people messing around with the plane I guess train you know what are you gonna what are your chances for survival anyway someone might as well spray paint it you know it's so dangerous worse than planes I'd sooner go up I'd sooner go up in a hot air balloon than just sit in a chair. No, that one doesn't work. I would, I'd rather draw. What is it, safer? It's safer to do a thing, one thing over another until something bad happens. Then they're equally dangerous. So is it safer to drive or fly without a plane? And by that, I mean like an Iron Man suit. Those, I, I rue uh, the day that anybody, that someone came up with that idea. Because now it's in the human consciousness and there's going to be flying robot suits like that. I'm stuck in mine! Because they've got the Cybermen too. It's like, don't get in it. Why would you get in a thing that has a, like, consciousness or a brain or something? The suit's doing the thinking now. Well, why does it need me? Because it runs on urine. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know what the machines will require of us. I hope it's not, oh, God, what if it's like snot and they just keep us in a constant state of mild allergies? 
<laughs> it's like, oh, God, it's like having a bad cold all the time. That's because they're living off our snot. They need it. If we could only get enough Sudafed. No, I've used it all for meth. Well, oh, I don't know. What to, What do we do? Mm. See, I tell you what, you got to be prepared. There could be things, unknown things. And I think I am making a lot of sense. Right? It's really a wonder, though. You do hear people saying what we would used to classically consider non-sense, and people, it's sounding logical to people. I wonder about that. So I think, am I, am I wrong? And so sometimes I will descend into the dream world, but it gets me anxious to try to convince something of someone that I am unsure of whether it's true or not. That seems fraught. You know, I... I really did. That's why I eschew a lot of those, uh, you know, dogmatic belief systems. Because, boy, I get you talked into something. What have I done? What have I done? You know, I get you, oh, I got them all jazzed up for fuller brushes. But is that really what they need? And as you're brushing your hair, it's a perfectly good product. I'm sure I should have picked something else. Got you all jazzed up for encyclopedias. But then I start delivering the encyclopedias and you say, oh, this is online. I go, I know, I'm sorry. But you signed a thing. Oh, so I'm sorry. But now you have to buy them. Oh, okay. I don't want to ever do that to you. I don't want to ever do that to you. Now I'm, now I'm to the place where, oh, it's so good. It's good to get older. And, um, I lost, I still have, uh, my ambition has changed. I used to have a different kind of ambition. Now it's a more of, um, you know, a day, like getting things done during the day. And I don't mean that in a silly way. I mean, I no longer have this like vision for my life or something I have to be or some status I have to. Now I just, my, am, my ambition is like, I'm going to go forth and uh, in a certain state of being aware of my fellow human beings and the world I'm in. And it's that awareness, you know, that, that noticing. That's going to be my, my priority. And I'm not going to worry about how I'm perceived or control I have or influence I have over people or things I can make them do or, 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 or things I say that are, Oh, that guy makes a lot of sense. I don't want to make a lot of sense to people. I, all I want to be able to do really is give you evidence of the validity of your pain and confusion and uh, of, of some of the other things that you feel about being alive and take the pressure off you a little bit and just be there for you. So, so uh, It's not that Hardy makes sense, but it's just like Hardy's just being... And that, that sort of makes me feel less alone or strange. You know, I can, can I feel a sense of uh, feeling good about myself without, uh, you know, stuff interfering now? See, Hardy seems fine. I'm fine. Although, don't let that nonsense haunt you there's too many real things don't ever feel inferior or anything like that i haven't accomplished a lot of things some people don't make it past the first year of life so it's just crazy just still being alive don't worry about the people that are doing i don't know how they do it i don't know what they i don't know how they make movies and books and inventions and god bless them they're flying paint lanes around i don't know that's just not me and i'm not going to worry about it you know and I can love the, all the other, everybody. They're just fine. You're all right. We're just human beings struggling. So frail. So temporary. Oh, this thing you can cause, boy, a person can come out and cause all this horror, you know, and torment others. And haunt the brains of others, and they die, and then they're gone. Then they're just gone. It's so strange. And you do the other thing, and a person brings all this goodness, and, blah, 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 and then they're just gone. And then they're not there. 
And you go, wow, that was a, you could see how the, the starkness of the contrast lets you know just how strange and powerful the, just the fact of our existence is, you know? And uh, so I want to just celebrate being here one more moment with you. And just in the moment, we're going to crawl into the moment between the spaces like that and live there. And there it's absurd and there's no, there's no conclusions. It transcends truth or reason or anything like that. It's just a space of just pure weirdness and feeling and experience. That's why I want to go there with you periodically. <laughs> or like a periodical. Let's turn into magazines so we can slide under doors. You're a magazine. You're an octopus. You can get in little tiny spaces, little cracks between things now. Maneuver into them. Become slim and see the way the world really is. Fractured and strange and wonderful and unpredictable and predictable and finite and infinite and subtle and gross. That's me. <laughs> That's me. That's a, I don't know, that's my, that's a bowling team name. Some things are band names. Subtle and gross, I think, is a, is a bowling team. I would love to be on. Are we on a team together? <gasps> That'd be a good premium. I don't have any money, so I never make t-shirts or anything like that or clothing items. But if I had it, we could all have bowling shirts or something that said, and on the back it said, like, Hardy White Miracle Nutrition, and we all get these bowling shirts. Oh, if I can dream. I tell you what, if I come into the, I'm going to start doing the lottery. And if I come into it, I'm going to make this as a premium some year. I don't go bowling often. I enjoy it, and I'm not super good, but I like it. And uh, that's probably why I like it, because I'm not the best and I'm not the worst. And that's a wonderful thing to be able to do in a, sport or any in a game i do that in cards that's why i like cards i'm not the best at it and i'm not the worst at it you can i can just sit there and be a people and uh that's really satisfying to me and you know some days are good some days you go bowling and you do great and other days you don't you know that's the way uh, life is anyway you know it's a sort of an average but it's not really an average that's a not, that means so little you know, in bowling, that's the thing, too. It's like, what's your average? The average doesn't describe anything because at any given time, I could bowl really lousy, so lousy that we wouldn't win anything. I would feel bad and I'd hate the game. Then I could bowl great, so great, I don't even know what I'm doing, why I'm bowling great, but the feeling of euphoria, enough to win and beat somebody. But if you say, well, that average is out to right here, you discount all those feelings and emotions are gone and it tells you nothing about it. So you say, oh yeah, you're bowling, uh, you're a 150 bowler. And you go, I am not a 150 bowler. I am a 100 bowler and a 200 bowler. And those things are vastly different. And so, you know, don't attempt to make consistency out of inconsistency just so you can uh, uh, establish a pattern or establish some kind of you know, put a name on it. Don't worry about that. You know, all over the place. Well, what am I? I'm all over the place. Sometimes I have success and failure. I don't have to... You're a bowler. So let's bowl on, my friends. Oh, I love you. Can we all... Let's say... Uh, we've got... Uh, uh, how many... Uh, what? Let me ask the producer. Producer. How many minutes are going to... I'm asking, how many minutes do we have left? In the show, how many minutes do we have left? Asking the producer, how many minutes do we have There's no producer. I'm kidding. I'm all alone in a room. I'd like to ask myself that. Hang on just a second. What? What? The age of phones, I usually don't hear the other side. I'm a inveterate eavesdropper. And um, usually you just get one half of a conversation, right? Unless you're eavesdropping on um, somebody's CB conversation or uh, ham radio. That's not really eavesdropping because everybody knows you can listen in. Telephone conversation, sometimes you only, unless you're the weatherman, you only hear one half of it. 
And so uh, you're just hearing one half of the conversation. You want to imagine what they're saying on the other half. That's, I guess the first person to do that was not Bob Newhart, nor was it Shelley Berman. I guess it was Cohen on the telephone or something, but it must have come way before that. It probably happened right around the time the telephone was invented, and it might have gone something like this. <clears throat> What's that you got there? Oh, it's a new invention. It's called the telephone. Well, I'd like to try it out. All right, here you go. Shoo, 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 shoo. Hello? All right? All right? All right? What do you say? I don't know. I, I'm working on it. I, I don't think that's what happened. I was uh, vacationing somewhere. Was it? Um, I think it was like not, Jekyll Island. No. Myrtle Beach. Why do I get them confused? But it was on the coast of uh, one of the Georgia. And uh, I was uh, there was a uh, well, rich people used to live there. And so you could see some of their homes. But there was an exhibit, a little museum about the what the place was like when rich people uh, lived there, and uh, Jekyll Island. And they, um, so uh, one of them was an international, inter Atlantic, transatlantic, that's the word I'm looking for, telephone conversation that happened. So it was a bunch of rich people gathered around on those, you know, hello, hello, phones. And, um, you know, ahoy, are you there? <laughs> so they talked like that between... Georgia and could have been France. So the person on the other is I speak a little French. I don't know why I made I did fake French, but um, th that conversation now that one side of it would have you wouldn't have been very entertaining. All the other guys. There was a picture though. All the other rich people huddled around. Going, what is he saying? What's he saying? What's he saying? But there's no comedy in it really. Not everything is funny. Not everything can be made a joke of. Have you seen this where they've got, have you seen this in grocery stores now? They've got airplane seats in the grocery stores. There is, you think the aisles are narrow. Now they've got this, and there's no room in those seats. Am I right? So every time somebody puts back one of the aisles, I get a face full of cans of peanut butter. I know they're not cans of peanut butter. None of that makes any sense. I was worried some of it would. So I adjusted uh, mid-joke. And I've been selling these jokes in the future like crazy because people are really tired of predictable things. And so you can just take any kind of garbage and put it in the future and they love it. So uh, it's, it's wonderful. Why doesn't everybody do that? Because they're not from the past like I am. They don't have a time machine. They don't think ahead. I think ahead a lot of times. I'm always a couple moves ahead. So people hate playing games with me, playing board games. They go, excuse me, Hardy, I think you might be cheating. Why? Well, you're, you're a couple moves ahead. They go, yeah. Well, you didn't, wasn't your turn. That's the, that's the game I play. I go out of turn, buddy. Yeah, man, I'm a sort of game-playing rebel. No, I do play by the rules. I like, why do I like rules? Because rules help prevent authoritarianism. You know, if there's just one person making up and bossing, it's better if you go, well, hang on now, there's a rule. You can't do that. And we all agree. That's better. But people get really lazy about that. They go, I don't want to have to get together and discuss rule stuff. Can't somebody just make a decision? But I'm not about that. I like getting together and making the decisions together. I, I don't really want to put uh, someone in charge because I had to live through that whole, you know, King Saul stuff because I was back then. I was back then too. Oh, bless you so much for listening to me. I know your friends are they are saying, why do you listen to that guy? He doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. And you say, yes, I know. I know. You are listening to Miracle Nutrition. With Hardy White on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, 91.9 in Rockland County and in New York City and online worldwide, WFMU.org. Oh, my friends, thank you for joining me and I will see you again next week.
my phone. 